Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast, episode 116. I'm your host, Carson Tamar, joined by the lovely Paul Price, the iconic Alina Falds. How is everyone doing today? I like how you're nice to Paul this week because it's his birthday. Sure, have a birthday. It is my birthday. Actually, this episode will release um, after or on my birthday, exactly, July 20th. Aww. Happy birthday. Wait, um, I thought we released on Tuesdays now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget that because we started doing a lot of those things where we like would record on Tuesday and we're like, we're pushing it back a day. Um, so I always just still think we release on Wednesday. Um, but uh, speaking of birthdays, I got into like a huge philosophical conversation with one of my friends yesterday about whether birthdays were important. And like, I for some reason went like um, super like, insane <laughs> i was sitting there and i was like no birthdays are so important like they're the most important part of the year they're when your friends can finally show them that you're important to them and i was like what is this and i also don't know if i was saying it about me or if i was saying it more like as that's how i talk about like when i see like my friend's birthdays coming up and like it's a day to appreciate them i feel like it was a little bit of both um I, but it was- both. I feel like you would have been mad at us if we didn't get you a gift Oh, yeah. No, I literally. And the thing is, I usually don't like, like, your gift was cute. It was a um, little crystal schnauzer, if anyone was curious. It was a black obsidian crystal schnauzer, to be clear, for all you crystal heads out there. It it is really cute. But, um, like, most of the time I don't like when people get me gifts um, because they do poorly. And then I'm like, oh. Do you think so, Paul like, is lying to us and I didn't actually do a good job? No, I think it's really cute. He hates it. No, no, no. It's actually cute. He's like, ew, this fucking paperweight. He's like, is this a joke gift? Is the, is the real one coming? <laughs> it's in the kitchen, actually. Um, it's really cute where, it's, where it is. Um, it's right In the kitchen to... trash. He didn't spell <laughs> <laughs> No, it's in the garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. It's right next to my little uh, flea bag gin that I spent $150 on. <laughs> you know what, Paul? It's Black Obsidian. It's supposed to protect you from negativity. We've noticed that you are a very sometimes negative person. So I think it was very thoughtful. Um, the funniest part about that. I thought very hard about it. This is like the best gift I've ever gotten somebody because I hate giving gifts and I don't like getting gifts. Like for my birthday, I told Paul, get me a shower curtain. I need it. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I love getting gifts, but none of my friends give gifts except this friend group. So it's very new to have to like think out a gift and be like, oh, what see, am I getting people? I'm the opposite. So I don't particularly like gifts, but I love getting ones and I'm really good at it usually. I like plan out and I listen and I'll like write it down if I hear you mention something you want. So every time I do it, I'm like, yes, I won. Um, But then like, I don't really need anything um, because usually in the price point that people are getting in our like 20s and 30s, it's like (laughs) kind of stuff that you're like, well, it's never going to be anything that I like 100% need. So it's just like cool to get stuff unless it's alcohol. That's fun. But like, you know, it's like, a little trinket or something. Um, but, you know. Look, I had the best gift for Elena's birthday because she was moving into a new place and I got her a wooden spoon set with like engraved with Toby Keith. 
It was the best. And then it got and lost, it got in, lost the in the forever, mail And they're not giving me a refund on it. So it really backfired They didn't give you a me. refund? No. That sucks. But it was going to be great. And then it just never happened. I so. appreciate the sentiment and effort anyway. So. I love that he didn't actually send it. <laughs> what he's getting no, at No, he is- sent me like the tracking. <laughs> and he was like, it's delivered. And I was like, yeah, Carson to the UK. <laughs> He sent it to Jack. Jack's just like opens it. I thought Jacob deserved a gift, you know? It's been a while. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, no. So that's my thoughts on birthdays. I like them. I wish we had more of them. (laughs) I'm good. So, enough about Paul. I had a lovely week. (laughs) I got a professional massage. And I learned that I have so many things wrong with me, and it was really fun and fresh. So I'm going to go again next month. Also, my massage therapist was so fucking hot, and I just needed our listeners to know that I have a crush on my massage therapist now. I still think you should date your massage therapist. He's already. I feel naked. like, listen, we've already kind of been to second base, so I feel like it would just be weird to be like, hey, do you want to go out sometime? I found yeah. his Instagram, though, so maybe. <laughs> So you're like, no, that would be weird, but I will stalk him. I was curious. I, cause like, listen, he's so hot, gave me a great massage and he's a vegan. I'm like, is this not like, could you imagine having like a massage therapist as your boyfriend? Anyway, I also like rocked up there with greasy hair and no makeup. So I like already blew it. He's, like, way hotter in real life than he is in his, like, picture on the booking website. And I was like, I got fucking played. (laughs) Here, I'll send his Instagram to you guys. Well, let's get to our films because we have quite a bit to get to. And let's start off in the swamp, the bayou, the marsh, even, with where the crawdads sing. There's been a murder. And this freak who lives out in the swamp named Kaya, I believe, is the pe- re- like person everyone suspects killed the person. Is there any real evidence? No. It's the person that they think they killed the person. That's <laughs> The words are just magical. Can you believe I'm an English major? <laughs> I am shocked every day. <laughs> no, so people think Kaya killed the person So because it was her former boyfriend. There's no real evidence, but she gets put on trial for with the death penalty. And she shares her life falling in love, you know, living out in the marsh alone once her father and mother leaves. And you learn, does she kill the person? You, Who knows? I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, this one was bad. I'll just say it. I did not like this. We can get into the controversies if you want around the person, the author of the book, because it's very wild, actually. Um, but this movie really has no framing. You see this girl get arrested and then she just starts talking about her life. And it's not particularly interesting. Uh, Lena, you said it was giving Nicholas Sparks, definitely, for sure. Nicholas Sparks meets murder. I yes. don't know if Nicholas Sparks has ever written about murder before, but that's what I was getting. I don't read, so I can't yeah. tell you. So, but it's not particularly interesting because you just have no reason why you're watching this play out. And then, like, it's not particularly well acted. I think, you know, it's fine. And then you get to the end, which, like, we maybe we'll get into spoilers. But it's, like, batshit insane when you really think about the message this is trying to have about, like, villainizing people who, like, look down on the other and putting, like, oh, just because someone's not part of your society, like, they must be evil it's pretty batch insane then how they end this thing. It's not good. Very boring. 
uh, looks nice. I think they do a good job, like, immersing you into the marsh. But this was not for me. Alina, did you like it? As a woman, I enjoyed it a bit more than you did, but it was still not great. My entire theater was, like, middle-aged women and their teenage daughters, and then my sister and I. Uh, Sarah wanted to go because she heard that there was a Taylor Swift song in it. And she was like, oh, man, they didn't play until the credits. I'm like, yeah, Sarah, that's how movie songs work. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I have not read the book, obviously, (laughs) because I don't fucking read. Um, So I did not know what I was getting into with this. And I don't particularly like Daisy Edgar Jones. Is that her name? Yes. Yes. That's the reason I didn't see this movie, by the way. Really? Because of her? Yeah, I just, like, she, for some reason, just rubs me really the wrong way. Same! And I thought I was just being mean. It was like, is is it just me not liking her, or is it because I don't? No, um, because, like, okay, so, like, first and fresh, I was like, no, I don't like that. Like, I was totally down for that girl to get cannibalized. Like, I am fine exactly. with her dying. I've um, only seen her in this and fresh. Like, I haven't seen normal people. same yeah i think that's she's not been good in either of them (laughs) yeah anyway yeah this little acting thing's not her strong suit no she's just kind of like sure whatever like you're there i'm happy for you good for you for getting roles but like whatever um i really liked the defense attorney i thought he was a lovely man i really liked tate I, I, okay, this is like mild spoilers, but when Tate didn't come back, when he said he was going to come back, I was fucking livid. I was like, how could this man? I was, I was really projecting myself onto Kaya in that moment. I was like, that fucking bitch, all men are the same. How could he do that to her? And then later, like when they're like, I've like grown a bit more as like people, she like forgives him and they like get back together. And I'm like, are you kidding me, Kaya? You should have like stuck to your guns and like fuck that guy he left you for five years and didn't tell you where he went whether he was dead or alive didn't even apologize he just comes crawling back expecting her to forgive him fuck you tate he was really hot though so i would have forgiven him too anyway her second boyfriend chase the one who gets murdered ugly and I was sad because he's in The Kingsman. He's Ray Fiennes' child in The Kingsman. And he's a bit hotter in The Kingsman than he is in this. He's, uh, he's actually the hottest in Beach Rats. Um, well, he's, he's ugly really in good. this. And North really Carolina good. does not suit that boy. Harris Dickinson, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, he was good, though. Like, his acting was good. Um, I found that he was, like, the best of, like, those three. Uh, I really liked the older um, black couple that, like, befriends Kaya and, like, helps her out. I thought they were very sweet. Spoilers again. I was so mad when they killed him at the end. The Like, they didn't kill him. He just, like, dies of old age and you, like, go to his funeral. And I was like, could this old black couple not have just, like, stayed alive? And I, I didn't need to see his funeral. He was a lovely man. I don't need this in my heart. Um, hey, when anyway. you look at the author, it makes sense that he died in the book. That's all I will yeah. say. I feel. <laughs> Wait, you read the book? No, but the author is like wanted for murder of black people. Is, oh. Isn't? She... Yeah, we can. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's a whole thing. We'll get to it. Okay. I also I read about it. Africa is great, other than the black people. Like, yeah, no, that, that was that was not great. No, she didn't say black people. She said other than the Africans. <laughs> uh, like, if we're gonna quote her, like it's a horrible line, but like quote it correctly. 
Uh, yeah. No, but the thing is about the murder, like, the more you read about it, it's like, maybe was involved, but, like, not really. She's just related to the people. And it's like, I don't know. If my husband and son murdered somebody, I wouldn't, like, you know, rat him out. The whole circumstance. All I will say is in writing in the book, if it's in the book that the black man dies at the end of this, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> is all I also, this whole thing is about someone getting accused of murder. Like, I just wouldn't yeah. do this. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. I realize, like, the more I'm talking, this movie is, like, so all over the place. Like, the cutbacks from, like, the, like, the flashbacks to, like, the present time are, like, so, like, scattered and sporadic that sometimes you forget that you're in, like, a flashback or that there's, like, a murder going on and she's, like, telling this story to her defense attorney. Because I'm just sitting there and I'm, like, I feel like it doesn't matter that her defense attorney, like, knows all of this stuff. Like, did I really need all of this backstory? No. We Wait. just needed to make a book-length thing and a movie-length feature. So, okay. I didn't watch this because I didn't care. But, um, what were the... Wh- where do the crawdads sing? And also, is that reference to anything? It they is do? Marsh, and that's, like, where you go deep on, like, your father's being abusive. That's the only thing. Yeah, okay. Okay, so... She's gross. Listen, okay, let's start over. Let's give Paul a rundown. Now, dear listener, at this point, Alina Falls does go into a 30-minute rundown in excruciating detail of what happens and where the crawdad sings. Now, I could absolutely play you that, but instead, I'm just going to play it very, very quickly, and then you can go to the Wikipedia page and read about it, because that will take a lot less time for you. The, the defense attorney makes this really impassioned plea. He's like, we ostracize this girl. We're assholes. If you're voting her guilty, then you're a fucking asshole too. Is basically how it goes. And then they find her not guilty. And then her... So, like, there's no... Nobody is, like... There's no justice for this murder. But also, Chase was a kind of a fucking asshole considering he lied cheated and raped her so is it so bad that he got pushed off a fire tower i don't think so now that the murder trial is over she can go and publish her next couple uh various flora and fauna of the north carolina swamp books and her and tate grow old together in a very psychotic cgi scene of them slowly aging it was very freaky and then it's like them as old people and then kaya is like narrating and she's like something something when i die i'm gonna see my mother and my family blah blah blah. so she's on the boat in the swamp and she starts like dying and you see this like ghost of her mother and like all of her siblings i think um and then Okay, just the mother. Her and one then you sibling, see her... You miss reconnects with the sibling that's in the military now. But that's yeah. not important. We can skip that. Yeah. I'm sorry, what okay. now? <laughs> okay, okay. So she's starting, she's an old woman now, and she's dying on a boat in the swamp. And then she sees the ghost of her mother. It's And it's, like, insane. And she's, like, going towards the ghost of her mother as she's dying. And then you see her as a child again and as Daisy Edgar Jones again and as a like, old woman. And then Tate, as an old man, finds her dead in the boat. And he's like, oh, my God, Kaya, the love of my life. And then he's sad. And he's going through all their possessions in their cabin. After, like, 50 years of being together, at least. Like, they're old-ass people, okay? And he's going through one of her old notebooks. And she find he Tate old man Tate finds a drawing 
Kaya had done of Chase with the shell necklace on. Then he turns the page and it's the shell necklace. So she had actually killed him! Yes. I mean, oh. obviously. Obviously. Like, no, they I, set it up towards Tate. Uh, no, 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 no. They set really, it up towards it was someone Tate. Else. They really implied that it was Tate. And the whole time I was like, why isn't he confessing? Why right? isn't he getting Takaya off? He's letting his ex-girlfriend take the fall for this. Fuck you, Tate. But it was her the whole time. I really Here's fell the- for it because I'm dumb. Here's the thing. It's a good <laughs> twist as far as like not predicting it. Number one, Paul, that's what you get for asking a question. You get a 20-minute tangent on what I, happened in the here's movie. What, wait, here's the you thing. Literally asked, I asked, where did the crop out say? <laughs> <laughs> so that's on you. But this ending implies two things. Number one, it says, if you want happiness, never go outside your comfort zone. Stay in the marsh away from people hiding. Number two, it is saying that the freaks in the marsh are actually killers and we sh- are right to be like they're crazy because they are crazy people who murder people. So it's just a bad ending. It's not good, but it is wild. <laughs> and I don't know what else you can say about this film. No. I mean, it was said everything. <laughs> It was really giving Nicholas Sparks meets murder. I gave a very good recap, so you don't even need to see the movie anymore. Only murders in the marsh. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly, I didn't mind it. It was not like a great movie, but I was like, yeah, this is like some, this is like a really good like mom movie. My mom would eat this shit up. Uh, Speaking of which, the song is good. My mom told me that I should go see it. (laughs) She was like, I just saw it. It was so good. And I was like, I'm never going to see that. My screening was full of white women who like have a book club and they did it. And they were screaming like it was a Marvel movie. Like cheering, (laughs) applauding, booing. Like it was crazy, but I love that. So it was good. That's kind of everything. I love when that happens for like non-Marvel movies. Yeah. It's like that Um, meme on Twitter where it's the Avengers reaction to little women when the dad comes home. Like, I want that to be in those. Like, when Miss Harris in that film, I, like, want everyone cheering. Yeah. I have nothing else to say about this movie. It's very, it's like a very basic movie. A very forgettable basic movie. I enjoyed it as I was watching it, but, like, I was struggling to tell that story. A forgettable (laughs) film you remember every single detail of. Well, I had to ask you at some point. So I was like, does this happen next or does this happen next? In a week, it's going to be gone. I know it. Yeah. But I don't know. It was fine. I enjoy a little murder mystery. So I had a, I had a good time with it. Well, I- from <laughs> one bad love story to another, Persuasion came out on Netflix, the net newest Jane Austen adaptation. Paul, take it away. We've talked for like 30 minutes somewhere the crowd ad sings. So you might as well be able to speak for a while. <laughs> So the most interesting thing in this movie was when I found a flea on Bo and I spent the last 30 minutes terrified of my house getting infested by fleas again. Um, but before that, okay, so like a lot of people say this is flea bag, which yes, but actually it reminded me more of that um, Enola Holmes movie that like yes. stole from Fleabag. Which yeah. didn't really steal from Fleabag because it was directed by the guy who directed Fleabag, which is even weirder when you think about it. But this didn't feel like it was so removed from Fleabag that it felt more like, you know, um, a Netflix parody of. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm not a Jane Austen. I want to say purist, but that's not even the correct word. I'm uh, interested party like i i couldn't give a rat's ass about jane austen like you know cool to the people who like her just not my kind of thing um but i was expecting to like this because the trailer actually was like kind of okay and this was so boring 
Um, basically, the story is um, Nikki Amuka Bird tells Dakota Johnson to not marry some guy named Cosmo. I'm looking up the actor's names, not the character names. And she's like, okay. And then it like is the worst thing she's ever done. And she just moans about it the whole time. That's the movie is like, she's just sad and kind of blaming her like mom's best friend for it. Most of the film and her mom's best friend is like, I'm sorry I did that. And she's like, yeah, fucking fucked me over. And it's like the fourth time they do it. I was like, we're still doing this joke. I don't know if it's a joke. I guess just plot point. Um, Nothing happened in this film. I don't know. It's very boring. I'm curious what you guys thought. I know you were bored as well, but like. I also thought it was very boring. I have not read Persuasion, but like I've heard of lines from Persuasion and I kept seeing all the like Twitter comparisons of like what Jane Austen's writing was actually like compared to like this movie. Like they did a really weird job of trying to modernize it. Like I can't remember the entire line, but there's one point where Captain Wentworth is like, I'm half agony, half hope. And then blah, 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 some romantic shit. And I'm like, damn, that's some beautiful written word. Please stop meowing. I'm trying to monologue. Stopped. <laughs> okay. And like, before the movie had come out, like, persuade this version of Persuasion, we're seeing all, Tug, please. We're seeing all these Twitter screen caps of like Dakota Johnson saying like, we're worse than, we're worse than like, strangers now we're exes and like oh he's a 10 i never trust a 10 i'm like shut up but like there's that was so bad that's the worst part like i literally looked up yeah i looked up from my like uh you know digging through my dog's hair to find fleas to go like really oh my god it's such a bad line there's nothing wrong with modernizing jane austen like and or like even like books like that like clueless is an amazing version of emma and like even sticking to like their traditional stuff the 2005 pride and prejudice is literally one of the best movies ever i don't understand how we've gone from like mr darcy's hand flex i love you most ardently to we're worse than x there were worse than strangers were x's like it just sucks I, I freaking love a good romance movie when I'm in the mood for romance. Right now, I'm very depressed and sad when it comes to the romantic life. So, like, I thought you fine. were crying for a hot second. <laughs> You're like, yeah. your voice started going up, and I was like, oh, no, this no. bitch is about to tear up no. during the persuasion. I'm right trying to catch my cat because he's being very annoying right now. So, like, I wanted this to be a nice romantic movie that I cried about and be like, oh, my God, that's never going to happen to me. But it was boring and it was shit and I don't under like why did they only like half modernize it like sometimes like half modernizing things can work like I freaking love the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet and that's like a weird modernization thing but this nothing about this worked and it just really pissed me off because I just wanted a freaking nice Jane Austen adaptation I've never read any of her books but I like her writing the little quotes I've seen on Tumblr. <laughs> I can't read fiction anymore. I'm too, I don't have the attention span for it, but I know she's a lovely writer and it's fucking ridiculous to go from stuff she's written to this. Yeah, I also... also did, hold yeah, on. I have one more thing to say. I think Dakota Johnson is really overrated. Yes. In general, 
now, but really in this. You know Even what? Works I love like films. I I love Cha Cha Real Smooth. Where I'm the only one here. She's not that good. In it. Like she's never mm-hmm. been really impressive. No. Uh, so like, I think both Dakota Johnson, um, and although I think he's very talented and worth it, Jamie Dornan are getting a bit of the same boost we did to Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, where mm-hmm. we're like. Oh, they were in this really terrible thing and we made fun of them for so long. Now they're like doing normal movies. They are gods. And it's like, okay, I guess, especially with Dakota. Like I like Dakota. Um, I think she's more fun off screen. She reminds me more of like uh, Jennifer Lawrence in that. Like, Mm -hmm. I love her like off screen antics. Like the lions thing is iconic. Um, But, you know, her like actual like performances. I'm like, she's fine. She's very pretty um, when she redoes fucking worst person in the world in like two years. She'll be great. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was just like, I don't know. I feel like she's not a big enough star that I like feel a presence from her. I really like her in supporting roles. Mm. See, if you were a true stan, you'd be like me and convince yourself that those original projects everyone hates are actually good. You can be like, yeah, I love Fifty Shades and I love Twilight. Really, that's if you're a true stan, you take my mentality. I have I have yet to watch Fifty Shades. Um, and the there was book a, I haven't is seen so it good. The movies are no, not good. The is book not. is so good. I read the first 10 chapters and I was like, I have read better smut in Avengers fanfiction no, and I not, had to stop. Let's be clear. By good, I mean fun. I think you no. would like them. I don't know. I have a lot of fun with no. them. No, they're bad. Just well, read regular fanfiction. Listen to the Death by Adaptation podcast. I was on it for the Fifty Shades trilogy. I express my thoughts there. Yeah, I cannot tell you anything that happened here. I'm also not a big Jane Austen fan. Well, not fan, rather. I just don't. I've never read her work, but I do like what I see. Are you an English major? You never read Jane Austen? No. It's weird to me. I'm sorry. I'm taking an Icelandic medieval literature class. I'm not really. Jane That's Austen fine. didn't come up. Um, but Why? This is really bad. It is Wait, a you're really still bad in college. Film. Yes. He's a youth, Paul. Remember when you accused me of lying that I was 21? You were like, <laughs> you love that you lied. I was like, what? Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I still God. think you're like 16. A lot of moments. Um, no, the, the thing that really gamer. struck me here. Yeah, I'm a 16-year-old gamer, right? Oh, I will say when the new Pokemon game comes out, we should do an episode on it. Just saying. Um, yes. Because I want to just play it and talk about it. Anyway. The thing that really struck me about Persuasion is like there were some moments in the writing, in the filmmaking style that genuinely, it's going to be weird to say this, felt like The Office. It felt like The Office parody of a Jane Austen film. Like it's just, it's not good. Very boring. All the actors are bad. I was lost for so I just did not like this movie. I really like nothing. This did nothing for me. Yeah. I... It's really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was literally, no, I was literally about to say it's really disappointing because like there's been so many other good adaptations that why the fuck did they give us this shit? It could have been good. There are beautiful, good lines in this. Why did they fuck up the writing so disgustingly? I hate it. Yeah. We can't keep, we can't keep letting Netflix get away with shit like this. The sad thing is I thought it was going to be good. The trailer I liked, like Paul said, I really thought this was going to be good. And then it wasn't, so, oh well. Do you want even more ClapperCast content? Yes, we have our weekly episodes, but you can get even more on Patreon. For as low as $1 a month, you can get exclusive commentary tracks 
and bonus reviews, as well as some more fun content. Yes, you can literally watch movies with us. Uh, me and Alina have watched Sonic the Hedgehog. We have watched Murder Mystery. It is a ton of fun. You can literally watch a movie with us. And we also have bonus reviews. You want to hear our thoughts on Fresh. You want to hear our thoughts on Everything Everywhere All at Once. These are reviews that you can only get on Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash clappercastpod. Again, for as low as $1 a month, you can get Clappercast shoutouts. You can even decide what we review. It is a ton of fun over there on Patreon. And if you are not there, honestly, you're kind of missing out. Be over there at patreon.com slash clappercastpod. So, Paul, it is your birthday. We've had enough of these bad new releases. You picked a couple films for us to watch for your birthday. A two-week special we're giving you, um, which I'm very pleased because now this means I get a two-week special in February. Sorry, we're not doing the WrestleMania series this year on my birthday, That's Alina. Fine. That's um, fine. If we do, it's <laughs> not my birthday. Sorry. Um, so, Paul, take it away. What films did you pick for us? So um, these the four movies I picked are like I thought it would be fun. And this is what you guys should do as well, because I think it'll be fun to do a continuation. Um, But they're like the four movies that I feel like kind of four of the movies that I think got me into like liking movies, Um, not just as like a um, oh, I really, you know, had fun watching that movie, like more like in the craft, um, especially like writing. Um, so I think all of these are like really strong, um, either comedy writing or like, um, playing with your emotions. But, uh, the two today are, um, Big Fish and In Bruges. And since I'm guessing you guys liked In Bruges more, let's do that one second. Um, so yeah. Uh, so Big Fish, you have to know a little bit about me to see why this movie is like both really important to me and also like why it's shocking. I like it. I hate the princess bride i think it's one of the worst movies ever made um i hate anything that's like sweet fantasy horrible can't stand it i also don't like sickeningly sweet like um things that are forcing you to make like cry the forest gumps of movies those kind of things so there is no reason that this movie should make me like hysterically sob and yet every single time I sob throughout the entire movie. Um, so basically the film is about Edward Bloom, who um, is played by both Ewan McGregor and Albert Finney at different times in his life. And he's a big storyteller and his son is bored of those stories and doesn't believe them anymore. And his dad is dying and he tries to figure out like what was true and what was fiction and I, a lot of people in my family, especially in the South, um, you kind of have stories like these that are just like, that didn't happen. It's never this fantastical, but you just listen and you're like, that's not how that went. But you like allow it to be part of like the family mythos. And I just think that's really sweet. And I think like some of the you know moments in this are great. And I think it's so interesting that it's got so many fucking famous people. Um who like a bunch of them before they were famous um, or like early on in their career or stuff. But yeah, I mean, I get people who don't like it, but also you're wrong. Um, so uh, what'd you guys think? Carson didn't watch it. 
So I must say quickly, I did mess up and watch Strictly Ballroom instead of this. I was so so confused when you said Strictly Ballroom. You were just getting ahead. So I will say I will give my thoughts on Big Fish next week. But I that's so funny doing this Uh, because especially you, um, I think, will like this movie a lot. Um, So the other thing about it is it's Tim Burton, and I think it's the least Tim Burtony Tim Burton film outside of maybe Big Eyes. Uh, Yeah, no, and that's why I love it is like it feels restrained, but some of the moments, um, you know, there's there's some really like sad moments in here. There's a scene in a bathtub that like, I think is like one of the most romantic scenes I've seen in a while. Uh, you know, like it, I, it's like the top to me of like being in love lines and like how it's played out and stuff. So good. Um, but yeah, I think some of the fantasy like doesn't really hold up, but also because I watched this when it came out and I've watched it so many times, um, it plays the same way that like it is supposed to be in movie where you're like, that's corny. But also like I grew up with this. So I allow Danny DeVito to be a werewolf. I allow, <laughs> yeah, Carson. <laughs> um, I allow, you know, um, the whole thing with the um, conjoined twins to be like as weird as it is. Um, there's just so many moments that I'm like, yeah, that's, that's like fun, even though I think it's a little corny. Um, but yeah, Alina, what'd you think? I thought it was cute. I didn't love it as much as you. And I think part of it has to do with, um, I have been very depressed this week. So I'm cried out. So like a movie is not going to make me cry. Cause I like, I'm, there's no more tears. Um, and then you had also told me that you cried throughout this entire movie. So I was just sitting there. I'm like, what am I going to cry, Paul? You lied to me. I'm not crying. <laughs> um, I also think that it's retroactively like one of those movies that you like cry because a lot of it references, like it's one of those movies that gets better with repeat viewings because it has references to things later. And so you'll mm-hmm. hear like a line that you don't know is really hurtful until you like see the point yeah. for it. Um, I, I did really like it. I thought I thought Ewan McGregor was great. I thought it was sweet. I thought the son was a little asshole, but I understood why he was an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Poor um, Billy cried up. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I did really like it. It was like a good, sweet movie. And I also like agree with you that I think if I like watch this a few more times, it would probably grow on me. I loved the daffodil scene. I, the yeah. daffodil scene about me. That was beautiful. The romance at the heart of this, I think, is like one of the stronger romances. And I don't like romances. I guess that's another thing. And that's why it's such an outlier to me. And I think why it hits me so hard. And also why I think a lot of movies that are similar to it, I like reject so heavily because it doesn't have the earnestness of this. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, like, it's interesting because I don't particularly have strong like daddy issues, but this is daddy issues, the movie. Um, like you watch it and you're just like, even if you like, don't have them, you're just like, mm-hmm, this is definitely, yep. This is daddy issues. <laughs> like I can imagine what my dad and I would be like, if this was more, I'm closer out of the two of us. I think we're flipped. Um, I would say my dad is closer to Billy Crudup's character and I'm more Albert Finney. <laughs> like, you know, I'll tell like the crazy story and my dad's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a really great film. But, um, yeah, I guess that's my recommendation. Yeah, but it's just, it's really beautiful. Um, some of the cinematography is great, too. And mm-hmm. also, um, 
I, I really loved I loved Steve Buscemi's character. Steve Buscemi is so there's so many like small roles in this that you're just yeah. like yeah I thought that was really fun because like I was just sitting there watching okay granted I watched half of this movie last night after a 10-hour shift and I got so fucking tired and I had to finish the rest the next morning that so also, also think, probably hurts the- yeah, <laughs> I think that was part of it too like I lost like the momentum I was getting but I was like I, I like it's not that I was bored I was just so fucking tired no I've, I've done that yeah, um, so I that, had to pause and finish it, but yeah, it was really fun seeing like all these random people pop up. I was like, oh my god, Danny DeVito! Oh my god, also Buscemi. Missy Pyle, <laughs> um, it is like the biggest confusion for me. I keep waiting for her, like, um, like Jean Smart or like Jennifer Coolidge moment, where it's like, oh, this actress who has like done solid comedy work, like, let's give her something like worthwhile. Um, I went and randomly rewatched some old episodes of inside amy schumer because i was like why not like i remember liking it in college it's not as good as i remember but whenever missy piles in it it's really funny um she's she uh is just so good at everything she does um but yeah it's a really cute movie um and i i it is interesting though um <laughs> i go through my like people i follow and the movie has like a high rating but all the people I follow are like two star, so corny. And I'm like, man, I follow a lot of like cynical bitches. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I go and look and they like, then they're like, oh my God, Coda. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about sentimental bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm getting at is if you follow me on Letterboxd and vice versa, you have bad taste. <laughs> Also, follow me on Letterboxd. It's my birthday. <laughs> well, they're also just go and follow me while you're on Letterboxd. Yeah. No. no, no, no. I have to be you. Um, Won't happen. Okay, okay, so a movie that Carson has seen, um, In Bruges. Hilariously enough, I have not watched In Bruges again. Um, I'm going you to. You didn't even watch it? No. Okay, so here's what happened. Um, I planned for this. I bought a fun. I'll show you. So I bought. Blu-ray of Big Fish. Actually, has a 4K disc. It's not Blu-ray. Yeah. It's a 4K Blu-ray. Well, who cares? Anyway, bad. and I bought this one of Ambrouge. Except, do you notice what's... pretty. You, know, oh, you notice what's... UK. UK. Um... And so it wouldn't play. So... <laughs> so I had, like, already gotten ready for it. And I was like, oh. And I could have rented it, and I still will. But I was just like, it, like, threw me. So I ended up watching Persuasion instead. Um... But I definitely would not have watched Persuasion. It was just a busy weekend for me out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, um, regardless of that, I've seen this movie probably 300 times. So that does not change my um, overall um, viewing experience. So uh, backstory on Imbruge. Um, I watched it with one of my friends um, right after it came out. We like rented it from Blockbuster old <laughs> um and we took it back to the her house and we're watching it and it gets a little violent just a little violent in the middle and she won't do it she makes us turn it off so i turn it off and i'm like i'm going home <laughs> and so i go home and i finish the movie and i was like this was so good and then i tried to show it to people and i was just like i think i was probably 17 when this came out um and everyone was like, 
it's so languagey, it's so violent, it's so mean. And I was like, no one's getting it. And then, like, quickly it became, like, one of those that, like, was, like, an insidery kind of thing. Um, and then Martin McDonough, like, became famous, so it's more well-known now. But I still think, like, it has something where, like, I don't understand why it's not bigger than it is. Like, it's not, like, I never hear this in the same conversation as something like Pulp Fiction or, like, you know, Drive or any of those movies that are, like, boy movies that um, are, like, also kind of, like, dark and fun and a little quirky. Um, and, yeah, I fucking love this movie. I think Colin Farrell should have won Best Actor. That's my hot take. Um, like, I don't really understand why it just got a Best Original Screenplay. Um, it's just such a strong film to me. But um, I'll let you guys talk about it a little bit. Do you want to go first, Carson? Sure. I was going to say, I think this film's like amazing. I love this film. I had no clue anything about this other than two things. I know Paul loved it, and I saw people draw pictures of it because I bought Paul a housewarming gift, which was like a big <laughs> artwork of this. So I had no idea what this was about at all. Um, and I was like blown away by this. I, again, with you, Paul, I agree. I'm shocked nobody talks about this. This has one of the best screenplays maybe ever written. It is so smart. It is so funny, yet it is also so emotional. At every point, it just holds the audience like in the palm of its hand and is just like a master class in how to build dialogue. Like, I cannot believe some people out there are idiotic enough to say, like, <laughs> this is someone trying to be Quentin Tarantino. Bitch, this is what Quentin Tarantino wants to be. Like, this is blows anything he's ever done out of the fucking water, let's be clear. Um, no, I thought this was amazing. The performances are incredible. Colin Farrell, maybe the best role he's had, like, genuinely. Oh, yeah, incredible. by far. Um, just everything about this. It's definitely, like... I think it suffers in the zeitgeist from just being like at that point right before things got PC. And it's just like, there's a few jokes in there that I, you know, feel like now would have pieces written about them, but like, you know what? They're funny. Grow up. Right. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed this. I love this. Like Paul, once again, top tier recommendation from you. I don't know. I like this Hellraiser. Like there's a, some of these films that's just like, yeah, you maybe sometimes know what you're talking about. And maybe, you know, great cinema. Um, yeah, I wish more people talked about this. It's, I mean, stunning. If you had told me that Ray Fiennes was in this and that also there was a Dubliner's needle drop, I would have watched this movie ages ago when you first told me to. So I am glad you finally have, like, created the circumstances for us to finally watch this movie. <laughs> like i was bullied I, my birthday I, is a bully <laughs> I, I was skeptical because it's by the same dude who did like three billboards outside whatever and i was like okay like how good can this movie be because three billboards was boring and i sh i i turned this movie on on a wednesday night and i had a great fucking time like i freaking loved this movie i was like Everything about this is good. I do love a boy movie. I'm a film bro, bro spiritually. So I was like, this is like the best thing ever. Colin Farrell is fucking fantastic. I forgot the other guy's name right now. He's fucking fantastic also. His like little partner. Yes. I thought he was great also. 
Um, and then Ray Fiennes popped up, and I was like, oh my god, Ray Fiennes. <laughs> so I didn't know he was in this, even though he's in the fucking poster. I just, I, my brain did not register. Um, and I was just really enjoying, like, how this, like, plot and movie was, like, carrying out. And I was, like, messaging Paul and, like, sending a voice notes during this. I was like, oh my god, like, this person from earlier matters because of this? Oh my god. Like, everything is just connected very, very well. There's a lot of really good jokes. There's a lot of really quotable lines. And I don't want to spoil it, but the the needle drop of Raglan Road is literally one of the best needle drops I've, like, ever witnessed in my entire life. Because I freaking love the Dubliners, and I freaking love that song. And it just worked so perfectly. And I was just like, wow, cinema can be good. I, like... I just really loved it. It's fantastic. It's like, it's honestly one of my new favorite movies. It's, and I've like, I've literally like told five people this week, you, have you seen In Bruges? You really need to watch In Bruges. Bruce it's, is going to love this. Oh no, it's yeah. it's one of those movies and like you watch it again and again and again and it's still good. Um, but one of the funny things for me, um, Alina, as you started talking about like, oh, if I'd known, I remembered why I got this movie. Um, I was like, it's a little weird that I like picked this movie because it's not really like one of the, it was during my phase where I had a huge crush on Fleur Delacour. And uh, she's in this. Uh, Clemence Posey, the actress. And, um, like, I remember, like, I was totally into her. And I was like, ooh, she's in a different movie. I'll go watch that. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, also, like you were talking about, um, this is one of um, Colin Farrell's best roles. It's also, like, the best he's looked. There's something about his, like, sad puppy dog look throughout this entire film that just like really works for his like he really was giving kicked puppy yeah (laughs) like when he's like sitting with the little jacket uh up and he's like making the faces the whole time so good um yeah no so like it's so weird to me um because martin mcdonough like this is one of the greatest movies ever I remember when um, Seven Psychopaths was coming out and I was so pumped and I was like, Seven Psychopaths was okay. And then he did three billboards and I was like, all right, this is it. This is where we're coming back. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, his plays, by the way, Martin McDonough's plays, all fantastic. Um, you definitely go read them. Some of them are really fucked. All of them are really fucked up. Um, like they're dark, dark shit. Um, but... I don't know if you guys remember, but last week we were talking about like what movies we were most excited about and uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are reuniting with Martin McDonough for um, the Banshees of Ina Sheeran. And so it's like, I am so pumped so about that, that movie. very cute, whatever guy. Oh yeah. No, he's it. not, is he? Yeah, he's in it. He's in it. Oh, God. Um, but the, the plot of the film is that two best friends um, go on vacation together and then decide that they um, don't want to be, one of them decides they don't want to be friends anymore. So I think it's going to be like very similar to this in that it's going to be like a lot of like funny talking like back and forth. I'm so pumped. I'm so ready. It better be good. I will cry. Um, also, fun fact, I don't know if you guys know this, but Martin McDonough is, um, I think still currently, dating... Phoebe Waller-Bridge, um, which is very funny to me because it's my two favorite writers, like my favorite TV show writer and my favorite movie writer, like just like are in love and hang out. That's like very funny. To me. It's like specific just to me. 
Um, I also like that they definitely have like the same interests and taste. So mm-hmm. I figured I that. that I could be there. Also, that. you know what's fun? The priest that gets like shot is the grandpa in Belfast. Yeah, Kieran Hines. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was so annoyed that no one else was in. Um, back when we were deciding like movies, like hey, this actor is in this with this other actor. I was so annoyed that nobody else from this movie was nominated this year because I was like, mm-hmm. damn, this would have been such a great, like, oh, and Kieran Hines and, you know, whoever it would be. Um, <laughs> and you're like, Kieran Hines was not in this movie. And you're like, no, he was for one scene. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, also the emotional moments in this movie, I think, are just super, super strong. Um mostly due to Farrell's performance, but also the writing is just so good. Yeah, I love it. We have to learn the script for his new movie, so when we all hang out and decide we don't actually like each other as friends, we can just quote it and like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of Clappercast. Let's see what our recommendations for the week are. I'm going to start us off, because I actually have a new release I'm recommending... Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. We were supposed to review it. Everyone let me down here. I saw it and I was like, it's amazing. And just no one saw the film. No one cared enough. Because I thought this was going to be fun and cute. Obviously, very me as a white gay. Going to love this old woman going to Paris to get a dress. But like, not only is this film. First off, I didn't like it at first. Because there's two parts. It's like before she goes to Paris and when she goes to Paris. Like a quarter of the way into the film. And before it was very messy. I wasn't really into it. As soon as she gets to Paris, not just is it incredibly charming and cute as she's like falling in love and she's helping all these people out and she like leads a worker strike. It's very, very cute. But it's also like surprisingly deep. There's a lot of questions about like worth, worth we put on clothes, worth we put on people, worth we put on jobs. And it's not just like the bullshit you expect of like, oh, it doesn't matter. This is like, oh, no, but an expensive dress can make you feel better and it can make you feel good. And I just thought it was really layered, really great. I mean, I loved this film. One of my favorites of the year. Highly recommend. Hope you all watch it. It is great. And not like Morbius great, like really great. So I, uh, I'm really disappointed I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm going to try and go this week. It's just, it's only playing at one theater across town and I don't have a car. Broke. No, y'all are valid. <laughs> um, Paul, what's your recommendation this week? <sighs> okay, so like, I've only watched a couple things this week. Um, and I think I'm going to... I'm going to recommend Zombies 3. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, kind of. Like, actually, like, if you had to watch it with kids, it's great. Um, but the thing is, the only other movie I watched was Bob's Burgers, the movie. Which, um, let's talk about Bob's Burgers, the movie, for a second. Not good. Um, so, um, I, okay. So, Bob's Burgers is, like, one of those shows I'm a completionist on. Even though I don't particularly like it. Like, it's fine, but, like, it's it's whatever. Um, as I told Carson to his surprise, the musical numbers, the worst part of the show, and they're in almost every episode and they're all bad and none of the characters can sing. And I don't get why people think it's fun. Um, but outside clear, of that, I, it's so bad in the film, I thought like, oh, they tried it out for the film and failed it. I was yeah. like, there's not a single thought in my mind that said they do this on the norm. Yeah. It's no, bad. they do it all the time. And there's only like two or three songs that have been like, oh, that was fun. That was catchy. Um, but even then it's like their singing is so poor that it's not 
good. Um, but anyway, so here's the weird thing about this goddamn movie. Um, it is like four plots from the episode, just uh, like from the show, just like redone. Um, like I was watching it and I'm like, this is an episode I've already seen. This is an episode I've already seen. This isn't like um, the most popular Bob's Burgers, like GIF, GIF, whatever, um, is of Louise, like screaming in front of flames. That's from the episode where she loses her hat, which is the entire plot. Her entire arc in the movie is that she like doesn't know if she this reminds me of that recent spongebob movie that came out which was just a ripoff of him losing gary in the show oh yeah exactly it's the exact same thing we were like Mm -hmm. what were you why like and the difference between um the spongebob movie and this is like spongebob has been going for so long that i can imagine like you may have forgotten or imagine that maybe people don't remember that episode plot this is like the show is not that old and, like, these episodes are, like, from a couple seasons ago. So, like, to redo these plots. Um, also, it's just weird because you watch so much happen in this season, in this movie. And then it, like, resets at the end. And you're like, oh, and everything's completely back to normal. And don't worry about the fact that, like, none of it makes it. It's just bad. I was so disappointed. So, like, w- my recommendation would be if you like the show just maybe skip the movie like there's nothing there's nothing there and i like the show enough um yeah i mean i guess only murders is fun too i'll recommend only murders (laughs) never forget when i went to the screening of bob's burgers and afterwards you have to give your quote to the person and she was like how many episodes have you seen you're a big fan right like obviously you came to the film and i told her never saw an episode (laughs) and she looked at me like i was a freak she was like this man is so strange i was like yeah i know i can't watch bob's burgers because like bob has the same voice as sterling archer and it freaks me out um it's really funny sterling archer is so hot and then bob it's just bob like i can't do it um i couldn't i couldn't do it for the longest time because um like the first time I watched the show, the fact that um, Linda and Tina are played by boys really freaked me out, like to my <laughs> core. I was like watching and I'm like, this is wrong. And then, like your brain just like short circuits watching it the first time you're like, the voice doesn't match the face. But over time I got used to it. But like the first couple episodes, I literally remember being like, I feel like I'm high right now because it's just like I'm watching something that's discordant from like what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now like Linda and Tina are like the better characters. Um, anyone but Jean. I hate Jean. <laughs> also, Stur- uh, Archer's way better than this. My recommendation yeah. is Archer. <laughs> Great show. I feel like you I've recommended re- that I've rewatched before. Archer like three times. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, I skip over all the um, dream sequence scenes seasons but other than that it's good like this just there's nothing there i could fix him anyway (laughs) well alina what's your recommendation this week my recommendation is i went to my local indie cinema this earlier this afternoon to go and watch the beatles a hard day's night and i had a great time with it it was very all over the place and honestly if the four Beatles were not the Beatles and were just random people. I probably would have not enjoyed this. But I just had a lovely time watching John, Paul, George, and Ringo just have all these little shenanigans 
and it was really cute and it was really the pick me up that I needed I had a lovely time so apparently it's on the Criterion channel I think I did myself a favor watching it in a movie theater I don't know how this like would um work at like home but I had a great time I laughed a lot the grandpa was insane I just like freaking loved this it was sweet I really, I need to watch the other Beatles movie now. Because I've seen the, like, really freaky cartoon Yellow Submarine one. That is, like, traumatizing trauma. But I, I need to watch Help now. Because freaking, I liked it. I know everyone thinks it's bad. But I liked A Hard Day's Night. Leave me alone. I think historically, actually, most people think it's very good. So I don't think okay. you're in the minority there. Okay. Well, you're just, I feel you're, like, judging me. No, <laughs> I'm not judging you at all. I like the Beatles. I had a great time. <laughs> isn't it interesting how Letterboxd won't put the new musical documentaries because everyone is like they're just saying it's good because they like the artist but definitely that's the case for like every old artist that has like 5 million movies in the top 250 just saying I think in certain circumstances it makes sense that there's stuff on there like I agree that Jimmy Plays Monterey should be on the top 250 that's an amazing concert I agree that The Last Waltz should be on the top 250 it makes sense I haven't seen Gimme Shelter yet but I've heard it's amazing <laughs> But you're right that some of the other things, I'm like, why is this on here? Like, why is the Oasis concert on there? <laughs> okay. Can't tell you. Well, yeah. that's going to be it for this episode of Clappercast. Where can we find everyone on social media? Alina? I am at Alina Falds on Twitter, Letterboxd, and sometimes Instagram. Paul? Yeah. At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews. Letterbox just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at clapperpodcast. You can also connect to us there. If you'd like to financially support the show for as little as $1 a month, you can go to our, our Patreon. Uh, we have commentary tracks, we have exclusive movie reviews, a ton of great stuff you can get over there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.